You are now listening to Own Path Podcast. You are now listening to Own Path Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Uh, whoever's listening, this is Own Path Podcast. This is the first episode. I'm sitting here with Sam Frederick. Um, Sam, tell tell the listeners about yourself if somebody's maybe not familiar with you. Okay, my name is Sam. Sam, I am. Um, I tattoo. I've been tattooing for about 10, 11 years now. 10 years almost in a shop. It's a long time. Yeah. Um... Not really, though. I don't feel like it's... Compared to others, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you could, you could work at a profession for a lifetime, and that could be a long time. Ten years is kind of a blink of an eye. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with Sam, Sam is a shop owner. She owns Depiction Tattoo, an art gallery, in a, or just tattoo gallery? And art gallery. And art gallery in Arlington, Texas. It's an awesome spot. She's a shop owner, tattoo artist, mother, and she's throwing a convention. Got a lot of irons in the fire, uh, so I'm proud to have her on as my first guest. This is awesome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. When you say all that, it sounds like a lot. It's funny because I don't really think. And she's got more going on. That's that's not all. (laughs) You know, if you keep up with her, she's got a lot going on. Uh, So how are you? Good. Yeah. Stellar. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, so I guess my first question would be, when did you decide to kind of do what you're doing? Like what age did you decide to, hey, I'm going to tattoo because I'm, I'm sure owning a shop came after that. So I think, I think it was kind of backwards. Like I've always wanted to be a manager or like own something or just like be the boss. So my first job when I was, you know, like 15, 16 at Pizza Hut folding boxes, probably not going anywhere. In my head, I was like, I'm gonna be the manager of this place, so I'm gonna fold extra boxes, you know? But I was only getting paid $5 an hour, and I was never gonna be that. But I didn't know, I was like. Were you you around a lot of people that like uh, mimicked that behavior or gave you that idea as a role model or inspired that in you? Or, Or how did you, as such a young person, decide, hey, one day I'd like to, be higher up in this business rather than just kind of doing the day-to-day employee job like what inspired you to think like that because my I've never thought about this before but now that you say that probably because my dad was always trying to he was always like the boss of where he worked but he was always trying to get higher up so he was like you know hopefully I get I'm gonna work as hard as I can and hopefully you know they'll that's awesome do this or whatever and so um Also, money was always a struggle in my family. Like, we'd never had enough money. And so I was, once I had my child, which was very young and prior to opening the shop, I was on the mindset that we would never have to have that financial struggle. So I'm gonna work as hard as I can doing whatever I'm doing to make sure that we're set. Yeah, so it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but um, yeah, so working at Pizza Hut, you know, I was, like, I'm gonna be the manager of this place. But then I got another job and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna be the manager of this place. And I did get to be a manager at a couple places. And then I went to school to be an esthetician, which is like skincare stuff. And when I graduated there, I was like, I'm gonna open a spa. So, and then it just shifted. I was like doing permanent makeup. So I started tattooing. I didn't really like the skincare thing. Awesome. Um, so I was like, okay, 
tattoo yeah. shop. So you always knew you wanted to play that role, but where you hadn't quite found yet. Right. So what led you to tattooing? Um, so I always was drawing all the time in school instead of taking notes. You know, I was always, uh, that was my preferred thing to do all the time. Then I did the permanent makeup. So I had a tattoo machine, but I've never really been into makeup. As an esthetician, you did permanent makeup? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so then I was just like, no, I'm going to draw pictures instead of doing makeup. And then... Is that when it kind of dawned on you that, hey, I could maybe tattoo? Yeah, but I was still working for a doctor doing aesthetic stuff, and I didn't think that um, anything would really come out of it. Mm. And Why? then um, it just wasn't a thing. Like, girls were not... Maybe as big as it is well, now even with tattoos. And stuff. Yeah, even tattoos weren't that big of a thing. You know, it was still like... For everyone listening, this is potentially pre-social media days. Yes, so it is. So the times we didn't have were Instagram. completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was word of mouth. Tattoo you had magazines. had a good reputation. It was tattoo magazines yeah. for anyone that remembers pain or tattoo magazine. Yeah. For our older listeners, the younger listeners probably will not have an idea of what I'm talking about. There was a time when social media did not exist. Yeah. So it was like, how do you even be a tattooer? Mm-hmm. You, you know? kind of had to know somebody or yeah. or something or saw it on television and think, oh, I would like to do that. But how you get in that, you you had to go there. You right. couldn't just message somebody or something. And if you called them, they were like, why don't you show up instead? Right. Yeah. And then I would show up and I'm a girl and they would laugh at me and be like, haha, keep drawing. So right. I had no, right. I was not going to be a tattooer. This mm -hmm. was not an option for me. And so, it wasn't. It wasn't encouraged, maybe like you're saying, where it was like no the the female almost stereotype was you don't have a place here, which is terrible, and it, it's changing now, which is awesome. It's awesome to see a conscious shift and things be more open. As a male, I never had to um, deal with that, so it it was something that I didn't notice until I had a lot more female artist friends that shared that yeah it was very difficult and they got treated poorly mm -hmm. and remarks were said to them but not said to the male artists so sometimes if the male artist wasn't a part of that they would not ignore it but would couldn't see that like you saw it because mm -hmm. you get treated like that firsthand yeah. so what made you want to follow that path versus everyone telling you no you have no place here that ain't gonna work what a how did you want to push forward with that? So, um, my life just totally changed in one day when what my, that change? my son's dad died. So I woke up one day, said goodbye to him. We were both going to work. I was going to work for my doctor. He was going to work for what he was doing. He was like-minded. So like he worked for the um, auto auction. He was in the management training program when he died because he wanted to be the boss too. So we were both very like career-driven type people. Um, so then I woke up one day, he died unexpectedly in a car accident, and in my brain, I was like, oh my gosh, we could all be gone tomorrow. What am I doing with right. my life? And what you, am I gonna be for my child? You have your son. I have my you son. You have all the financial responsibility on top of this in like, one instant. crazy, tragic moment, and that for anybody that hasn't experienced that, I could only imagine that's terribly difficult to deal with, let alone persevering to continue. Right, so I could have gone two ways. I could have 
shut down and totally stopped doing anything in my life and stopped taking care of myself and my child, or I could rise up and take mm-hmm. care of shit. How know? hard was that? It was kind of the only option for me. For mm. some reason, I just didn't have So it didn't have matter that. how hard it was. It was the only option. Yeah, I was just like, this is how it is now. Let's go. So yeah. so we did that. You know, and my parents, um, really my dad, he was, I told him what I wanted to do. I was still working for the doctor, still doing that stuff. But in my head, I really wanted to tattoo. And my dad told me, um, I went home and I Googled how to be a tattoo artist. And it said, go to tattoo school. So... I did. I went to tattoo school. I went to New York. I paid $5,000 and I went to this bogus tattoo school thing. But I'm so glad I did because there I got to mess around with tattoo machines. I got to meet all these crazy people. And then I also met Matt, who is the one who ended up, um, we started dating and he actually ended up teaching me how to tattoo. And then he moved down here and we opened the shop up together. Awesome. So going to New York maybe... (laughs) gave you that foot in the door where no one else opened that opportunity for right. you and you're like you're like no way I'm going to make this happen I'm one way make or this another. Happen. Yeah, so and then you know it was crazy. I think really the I opened the shop before I was ready to tattoo skill-wise, but it made me get there. But your circumstances called for that type of move as far as like... Yeah, I couldn't get a job anywhere else. Minimum wage might not have supported you in Austin at that time. I already had three or four jobs, you know? I mean, I had done that. While I was opening the shop, I had three or four jobs. How did you find time to sleep or let alone give time to Austin, three, four jobs, stress of everything going on, life? All of that. That's a lot. That's a really a lot. It was a lot, yeah. Wow. But that, I think that's why now that I have a lot going on, it's not... Um, I'm not like, oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing I've mm. ever been through. What's mm. going to happen? Yeah. You know, ah, it's like, no way this is, there's bigger fish to fry. This is small. How do you feel like you came to that? Is it because you went through a lot to where it minimized those new stresses where it's like, hey, it could be worse? Or how did you, and uh, I guess, shrink that fear or stress into, hey, this isn't as big as this was that I tackled? Was it going through that crazy experience that made those other things more overcome or be able to overcome it once you had overcame that crazy hurdle maybe and i i see things um you know part of me looks into the future and really wants comfort there as far as um a plan and like some kind of a nest egg so i feel like Mm. i'm building that with that but then the other side of me is like we might not have tomorrow so if i want to do it i'm going to do it right now Mm. Yeah, because tomorrow's not guaranteed, absolutely. Um, So I'm doing it for both reasons. It's something I want to do, so I'm knocking it out like the fight I did last year. I wanted to do that. I wanted to, you know, see what it was like to be in a fight. So there is an Austin tattoo convention, the Austin Tattoo Invitational. Mm -hmm. No, Star of Texas. Ah, Star of Texas. I'm sorry. The Austin Tattoo Invitational is also another great convention here in Austin. Um, so they were doing a charity boxing event around that convention and Sam took part in that and raised a bunch of money for charity, mm-hmm. helped out with a good cause, was entertainment. How was that? It was super fun. Yeah. And it was crazy too. It was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm setting myself up to get my ass kicked, but I trained really yeah, hard possibly. every day. Yeah, Right. Yeah. It was and fun. on top of that, you were still owning your shop. Yeah. You were still tattooing. You were still being a mother to Austin. You were still juggling 
-hmm. a lot of things and you have to know how to juggle because when you get distracted you might lose that juggle and stuff so how what has been a good lesson for you to be focused and to not be distracted by other things i'm super distracted by other things I'm hey, always thanks just, for being honest. That's yeah. awesome. We all are. Yeah. We all. Uh, but how did you prioritize what was most important? So, um, support. You know, I had people in my life that were supportive. Austin's always most important. And luckily, he also trains MMA. So every time I would go and train at the gym, he would be there too. Mm. Um, people in my life, like John, you know, every time I needed him to work or pick up slack, he would do that. And he would also be ready to go to my sparring every Wednesday, you mm. know, and stuff like that. So that's was, awesome because it sounds like that's a good bonding experience for mm -hmm. you and Austin when he would join you in things. And also it would teach him a lot of great lessons in like patience, uh, discipline, uh, defense. Yeah, and, and I think I, watching his mom like fight makes him realize that I'm not um, so delicate as a mm -hmm. female woman, you know? Did you want that point to come across based off of how females are treated about, hey, stereotype is you do this, you do this? Was it, a, did you want to kind of break that mold and show him firsthand? Yeah, um, I don't know if it was so much the female versus male thing than... It was more something you I wanted am, to do. Yeah, like Austin has to rely on me to be both parents sometimes. Hmm. So I want to show him that I'm strong, you know, I think. That's I think awesome. that was a big thing, that I'm like, I'm strong. And also, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to stick to it. It so might be scary. Yeah, but I'm going to do it. Same thing with this convention. People keep asking me, they're like, are you guys still doing it? I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. I said I was going to do it. <laughs> of course we're still doing it. So people expect you to not go through with something. I think people just expect that from everybody. They're mm -hmm. like, are you guys still doing this? Are you, you know? And it's almost like a lot of people are surprised when you do what you say you're going to do when you are accountable. I find myself thinking that a lot as far as I like accountability. I've heard a lot of people, uh, I or not idolize, but really like accountability. And it's almost in today's society, I find myself surprised when somebody does do what they say they were going to do. Because it's almost so common to just say, oh, I'd like to do this, and then no really? action and no follow-through. I mean, there's a mixture of that. I'm sure there's mm -hmm. people in your life that you could say, oh, well, that person says it all the time. But, uh, you know, it depends on the person you are and if you believe in other people because, you know, they might have an idea and not follow through with it. But, um, you know, it's good to believe in others, you know, because we want people to believe in us. And where people check in on you and say are you still doing that and the vice versa or the flip side of that I've found it really encouraging to hear people say are you still doing that in a supportive way mm -hmm. like hey are you still going towards that that sounded really cool I saw you light up when you talked about yeah. that is that still on your mind um, so you're saying it's not easy it, mm -hmm. there is fear there there is the chance of failure there is the chance that this may not work. How do you deal with those things? And how do you not let them stop you? It, yeah, it is scary um, for sure. But if you don't try, it wouldn't ever be able to work out. 
Hmm. You know what I mean? So if you don't even try, there's no chance of it working out. If you try, yes, it might fail, but it also might work out. So if you don't try, do you believe in regret? Do you feel like if you had an idea and you didn't try, do you feel like you're a person that would be affected by regret or are you more loosey-goosey and you say, hey, it wasn't for me? I think it depends on what the situation is. In this situation with the tattoo, well, both of those situations, like if I lost the fight, which I did lose the fight to decision, but if I lost the fight, the worst thing that happens is I lose the fight. Worst thing right. that happens is I get knocked out, right? Mm. But I still made all the connections getting ready for the fight. Mm. I still got to know what it felt like to be in a fight and get punched in the face. And so, either way, I felt... Which is never fun. <laughs> I felt, hey, it's easier than getting tattooed, It's a learning I think. <laughs> experience, for sure. Yeah, but, and with the convention, if I was going to regret something, it might be, like, the loss of money, but those are things that we can get back. Mm. You know, it's not like the loss of life or... Right, could be worse. Yeah, and I still learned a lot along the way. Like, mm. I'll, I'll know what it takes to put on a convention. So. Absolutely. So, you would rather try and fail and know the what if, like what if I had done that? Well, you do it and you know what happened from it. And had you not follow through with it, there would be that what if. Mm -hmm. What if I had done that? What if there may potentially be that regret as well? How do you find balance between what if and regret? You kind of said it earlier where it's like, you know, hey, what if I do do this fight? Well, if I do it and I lose, I'll take that and learn from that rather than not do it and regret that decision on top of what could have happened. Yeah, because every year I went to those fights and I saw, you know, the girls doing it. And I just thought, oh, man, that's cool. That's really cool. I wonder what that's like. Well, let me go find out, right? Same thing with the conventions. I'm always like walking around like, man, I feel like this could be done differently. This could be done differently. So I was like, I'm going to do it differently, mm. you know, or, or am I just going to wait for someone else to do it differently and maybe it doesn't happen. Have you always had that? Have you always had that drive or that determination like you're saying right now? Did that come easily to you or is it from those experience in, in life experiences that led you to, hey, I experienced this, I learned from this and now you kind of choose your battles as far as like, hey, if I feel so driven to do this, it's worth it to me to do it. Have you come to that conclusion based off of experience? Was it that easy to be so driven in the beginning? I think it's really trying to be somebody for somebody. So mm. like the fact that I have a kid and I'm trying to make him into this great human being and, you know, show him the right way or at least show him how to, you know, go out and try things or get things lead by example yeah if it wasn't for him and before I had him I wasn't like that like yeah I was trying to be the manager that was gonna be my next question yeah. was would you think the same way if you didn't have those set of circumstances no I'd probably be much more self-centered much more focusing on things that are gonna make my immediate life better like I'll sit down and draw till the cows come home because it's gonna make me a better artist that's gonna make me more money and make me more recognized or whatever. It'd be me, me, me. But it's not, you know, like we talked about yesterday, I come last. There is no me. Mm. I don't have time for that, really. You know, I will make time and um, to get the tattoos that I need to do 
done, but it's really a lot of other things before that. Yeah, and that's it way come, off topic. No, it's perfect. Like, it d it doesn't come from a selfish point of view. It comes from you're accountable. You have somebody to provide for right now, and you'll make those you'll make it happen no matter what. I'm trying, and that's really inspiring because there's a lot of people that might listen to this and want to understand how you came to that type of thinking. And it's inspiring to me to know that it's really cool to hear people go through a lot of crazy events in life and not fold, but to become stronger, become more, and let it build them rather than break them. Because it's, it's easy to follow suit with either, or it's not easy to let it build you, but it is easy to let it break you you know, if you let it. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I feel like you're saying is without those experiences, you might not be the person you are today, where you are. Yeah, and I, my mom is kind of broken, you know, unfortunately. I hate to say that, especially on something like this, but I think that that does affect me a lot. I've always seen my mom be broken. She was, she came from an abusive childhood and she's just kind of, even in her adult life now, this broken child she kind of acts like and seems like. And that's how I was raised with my mom being mm. like a broken child. And my dad was always wake up every day, no matter what, my dad would wake up at four in the morning, go to the gym before work, mm. and then go to work. And come home and never took a sick day off or anything like that. So I saw that and I was like, I'm not gonna be this person I don't I also don't come from that you know I have a different foundation and I'm not gonna be this person so I'm not gonna be my mom who's broken or my dad who's working himself to death and hating his job sounds like you observed your situation and didn't tack on to one or the other you know you noticed how your mom was feeling and maybe you didn't think anything of that until you saw how your dad acted and maybe reflected on hey why is this this way and why is this this way because I was going to ask um, if you're in an environment where all you know is all you know how can you exceed that if you don't see an example or hear somebody tell you you can do it because firsthand I come from a small town and a lot of times the small town vibe is you can't you won't you you will never Mm -hmm. And if you've been told that your whole life, you can choose to believe that your whole life. And if you haven't seen somebody overcome those things or listen to somebody share how difficult it was for them to persevere, then you may know, not know it's possible for you. Mm -hmm. And that's really inspiring. Um, I didn't have that as parents. I had parents who were like, oh, you want to be a ninja when you grow up? Cool. You, like, that's amazing. Let's go take ninja classes. A lot of kids might have parents that say, you can never be that, that's right. a daydream. And a lot of times, not all times, but sometimes that may come from how they were treated. Mm -hmm. And they adopted those beliefs as their own and believed this is it for me, that's it, I can't exceed this because everybody I come from hasn't exceeded that. And sometimes that can be reflected as a generational curse. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you broke that mold and defined a new pathway for you that you're laying forth for Austin to where if he pays attention he can be inspired by everything you're doing right in front of him. Mm -hmm. I think yeah so my my parents broke 
kind of their cycle and then I'm trying to break my parents cycle with Austin so like my dad is one of five kids they had no money his mom had him when she was like 15 and so he probably only thought he had so many options which is just work really hard have mm-hmm. kids take care of them it's what he knew it's what right. he saw my mom she was just totally not taken care of not loved or anything like that and so for her she was just like I love you you can be whatever you know I mean I don't know I love that I love somebody that maybe if they don't believe it for themselves they're still instilling you with that hope instead of telling you you can't you won't just like me mm-hmm. you know it sounds like it sounds like she was awesome uh, I really like hearing that that even though if it might not have worked for her she still tried to instill that hope in you yeah that's in ways that's amazing in ways it was hard she was definitely still like abusive Life's to hard. me but yes but she the important things like that and they were kind of like um they really wanted to me me to do acting and modeling when I was younger so they put me in all this acting and modeling stuff and that's not who I am inside at all mm. but it was just the same like daydream you know like of being an artist you can do that mm. oh you want to be an actress you can do that and they didn't really care about my grades. For Austin, I care about his grades a lot. And I'm like, yeah, you can be whatever you want to be, but we're going to be, you know, like yeah. taking care of business here. I wish I would have when I was in school, you know, just applied myself more. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when I was in school, you know, it was just, hey, do whatever you got to do to make it to 3 o'clock and then get yeah. out. You know, I didn't really seize that opportunity. Why was it like that for us and then this generation is like you have to figure out what you want to be before you get out of junior high. More, There's more pressure for them now. There's more, maybe the world hasn't, some people that say you have to figure it out now may not understand patience, that you have a lot of time. You know, it seems like you went through a few careers mm-hmm. before you found tattooing. You know, and even from tattooing, you're throwing a convention now. And that's not something a tattooer has to do. Mm-hmm. So there's time to figure things out. You have time. Um, I've heard a great guru that I really liked say, you have to give yourself enough runway for the plane to take off. Because mm. if the plane doesn't have runway, it ain't taking off. You need enough patience and time to give yourself. Because if you don't give yourself those things, you're disappointed, you're upset. Why isn't this happening? And maybe we didn't give ourselves enough length for the plane to take off. I like that. It struck me when I heard that guru say that. And I held on to that yeah. big time. Because there's been things where I said, oh, I've got to do this by this date. Yeah. And when it didn't happen by that date, what happened? I was upset. Yeah. I suffered from that when I could have given myself more time to achieve these things. So a little bit of patience is good. A little bit of dose of understanding your situation. Because if we don't understand, then we say, why, why, why? Mm -hmm. You know? It's really inspiring. So it wasn't easy for you. It wasn't perfect sailing. It wasn't all flowers and rainbows. It was, yo, it was hard. It got harder. It got the most hard. (laughs) and you didn't quit you didn't stop and that's amazing uh, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that do that think this is it for me or are in that dark place and might not 
think for themselves there is that light out there or have somebody around them that can be that light. Mm -hmm. That's super inspiring. Thanks. That's awesome. You're crushing it. For the first episode, I think this is great. Hey. I think it's awesome. <laughs> You're uh, having fun. This is what I wanted Own Path to be um, was, you know, whether it was generational, like, oh, you have to do this, our family does this, or they say, hey, you can't do this. Well, I will. You know, there's that phrase, um, the path less traveled or the road less traveled you know, um, is not always clear. It's not always paved. Mm -hmm. And normally you have to make that path. And sometimes we don't know where we're going and you have to rely on yourself, your confidence, mm -hmm. um, your best ideas and possibly learn from those failures and mistakes. You know, I've, I view failure as a great teacher mm -hmm. rather than you failed. Ah, oh, I'm upset. Um, do you feel that way, like you've been able to learn from failure instead of let it break you? Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of tattoo artists get to work in shops and kind of watch some of those shops fail. And so then when they go to open their own shop, which is a pretty common thing for tattooers to do, you know, in their like 10th year or something of tattooing or beyond that. And I feel like I did it differently. I didn't have that experience. So I've watched my own situation kind of like, not fail because, you know, I mean, I've gotten to the point where I had zero dollars in the business account. It's like at that point, is the business failed or do you get a credit card and keep going? Mm. Thank you God. have options, you I have did. choices yeah. to make. Yeah. And uh, I probably could have just been like, you know what, I'm gonna go. And I've, there's been different times in my life where I was like, man, this would be way easier if I just shut the doors, went and worked for somebody else. And It'd be easier to just throw in the towel. So would, why didn't you? Because then I have these other people who are relying on me. You know, it's like, but what about these people who come to work here every day and they like working here? What about these clients who get tattooed here all the time and they like getting tattooed? Well, you know, things are going to work out. And money can always be, like I said before, remade. Money to mm. me is like mm. a renewable source. It's mm. always, you know, money instead of it being and that's like the book that we talked about earlier um how to be a badass you know i don't know if it was in that book or if it was in a different one but instead of looking at money as such a negative thing like i hate money because i have to pay bills or because it's you know putting this pressure on me instead of looking at it that way maybe look at it like i love money because it makes me able to do the things that i want to do it's mm. around me all the time and we can make it you know, we, we have the opportunity to do a tattoo and make money. We're so lucky. Mm. Some people are like, right. I got laid we're, off from my job at struggling. GM. Absolutely. Yeah. So doing something you don't love to make ends meet, which is hard. And yeah. a lot of people are doing that, which is why this podcast, I hope helps somebody where they're like, oh, I have to do this. Well, maybe you can figure something out if you think like you did and apply yourself, not let your situation break you, but build you. and and maybe uh, think of what you could do, yeah. you know? I wish that. there was some things that I could go back. I would maybe say like, spend less here, spend more here, do this, don't do that. Give but yourself really... that advice instead of change things. Yeah. I just have had that advice beforehand, absolutely. But luckily I started young and now that I'm 31, I feel like I've, I'm still learning a lot for sure, mm. but I've kind of had time to make those mistakes and you know right now at this age 31 I'm just now figuring out okay you know these things work these things don't and I'm seeing the light 
Sounds like you've learned from all of your experiences, Mm -hmm. which a great friend, uh, shout out Sean Kidd. My friend shared with me a lot, all we can do is live and learn, Mm -hmm. you know, and learn from experiences because when you win, sometimes we don't learn from those. We learn from our best failures and stuff. And I've learned that failures and mistakes teach us how to do something better. And if you don't fail, Sometimes we don't learn a better way to do yeah. something. Um, if you don't misspell tattoos, you don't check before you do them. <laughs> right, right. You don't double check your I steps. I double check that know. several times. Yeah, you'll yeah. move carelessly. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's really inspiring. That's awesome. What would you say to somebody that maybe wants to do their own thing but doesn't know how? What would you say to Sam Younger? and give them advice, what would you say? I would say find the person who has been doing what you want to be, like who do you want to be in 10 years? Find the person who is that. Annoy them. And pick their brain. Yeah. Because I didn't do that, I was afraid to ask. And And with the business side, well business in general and tattooing, don't align in many ways. Mm. So if I talk to somebody who owns their own business and they're doing great, they're going to tell me, oh, well, you need to start charging your artists for this and you need to do this and this and this and start paying everybody else. Well, that's not how we work. They're much more as money concerned. Yes. Yeah. We are happiness concerned mm. as tattooers, right? Or Where like, do you feel like the two lie between money and happiness? Okay. That was going to be my so, question earlier because money, um, money can help us position ourselves in life can bring comfortability, but sometimes I've found that money doesn't always give you that wholeness inside that oh, maybe totally. Austin can give you and stuff. So how do you balance those things? Um, so as far as the shop goes, where I go to work every day, that is not my avenue of making money. That's where I get to go and I get to provide a place for other people to go and we can all do our work there and feel happy every day. That's not where I make money. That's why I'm wanting to throw the convention. Mm. Um, uh, That's also not all about money. It's also a way of, to me, the tattoo industry is very competitive and very, you know, you work at this shop, it might only be 15 minutes away, but I work at this shop and we're only gonna talk to each other at conventions. For me, I wanna be like, hey, let's just all stop paying rent and let's just all work in the same place and be friends and work together and feed so off of each other. So it was never greed. It was never pay, 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 money, now, now, now. It sounds like where you were talking about your shop, you want an environment to where everyone's happy, has a great place to work, it's a friendly atmosphere, and you're not so, if you don't pay up, you're out of here. Right. You're not treating those people no with greed no way. or things like that. And then, How did you avoid that? Um, well, I mean, maybe it's being dumb. You know, and not not trying to I, I, I make money off dumb, of it, but, but I, um, I I don't know. I'm just that kind of person. I really want everyone around me to be happy and feel comfortable. Mm. So if they're not, it makes me feel uncomfortable. So instead of, I'd rather you be my friend and want to work with me than, and, and me not make money off of you than for me to not have you in my life. Not be a friend and say, where's the money at? Where's the money? I believe it was Warren Buffett. Any of the listeners can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Warren Buffett was the person that said money exposes who you are. 
So if you have a bunch of money, you might give back. If you have a bunch of money, you might act like Gollum and be like my precious and and push people away. Money definitely exposes a lot of people. Status exposes a lot of people. Success exposes a lot of people. And like what you're saying, the character you want to be is more important than where's the money, Mm -hmm. where that money at. Because society can be one of the two. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's awesome to hear that, you know, money is a great tool and is necessary to pay bills and stuff, but who you can be as a person and who you are and how you're treating people is much more important than the dollar sign in your pocket. Same with the convention. So it's like, that's kind of both. I get to do both there because I get to invite all the artists to come work under one roof. Sense of community. Yeah. Disconnect from ego. Let's get together and do this. But then also, I can be my businessy side and be like, okay, I'm going to advertise for all these people to come attend the convention, and that's where I'm going to make my money. And it sounds like you like that. It sounds like you like being a leader. I like both things, yeah. Like you like being a businesswoman, and, and there's no there's no negative to that. Like be, aspiring to be a great businesswoman uh, or just business person, mm-hmm. no gender on it, is amazing. That, that's totally an awesome thing if somebody wants to be that. You know, whatever you want to be for the right reasons is awesome. And through a lot of what you're saying, you want to bring a sense of community. It's not over greed. You want to give Dallas an awesome convention to mm-hmm. go to and help others and stuff and give back in a way. And I, I'm inspired by that a lot. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I hear that in a lot of your responses that you're not looking for, what's this gonna do for me? Mm -hmm. Where's this gonna put me? How much money am I gonna make? That's awesome. Uh, What made you wanna do a convention? That's scary. Yeah, I don't, I just, going to them. Going to them all the time, I'm like, we are packing up our whole shops to come do these tattoos that we could've, you know, we're paying, essentially paying to do these tattoos here at this convention. When we could do them for free at our shop without any trouble, and then we get to these shows and they're treating us like crap. They're like, oh, you know, only this many people can get wristbands. There well, is that stigma, I, that greed. Yeah, yeah, it stinks, man. It's mm. like, and as soon as you pull up, right when you're unloading at the convention, you mm. have these people at the, the sign-up desk and they're having these attitudes already, you know? Mm. And it's just, I felt like one thing after the next could have been done differently at these shows. And I had talked to people who were putting shows on. I was like, hey, if you ever want anyone to you know I'd love to be involved nobody mm. ever reached out and nobody gave you that chance would you have gone after it if somebody had given you 100%, that chance yeah awesome. but maybe this is better doing it this way in the town I'm familiar with that my shop has been open in in 10 it's years. courageous absolutely for yeah. you to say I'm not involved in this I've observed this I have my own critiques and instead of telling somebody what they could do better you're taking it upon yourself to do your own thing and take a risk and jump and I think that's awesome Thanks. I um, hope it works out I hope people come to the convention you know really I hope artists do you're absolutely gonna learn from this you know like you said you're gonna learn from what could be done better all of it can be a learning process absolutely you'll eliminate the what if mm-hmm. and you'll never regret something you did I mean you might regret how you went about it you know there's always that oh I could have done this better I could have done this but we can't get carried away with that. We gotta remember, hey, but at least you did it. Yeah. You weren't too afraid to fail. You weren't too afraid to make a mistake. 
and you wanted to learn from that and grow and become better. Yeah, and, and the things I've learned so far just by planning this convention are mind-blowing. I had no clue. You know, just that some of the things. That more goes into it than just setting it up. Yeah, and just some of the small nuances that I didn't think were big deals are huge deals, and it's it's cool. And, and also, I have a huge amount of respect for all the people who have put these shows on because I didn't know, you know? So putting yourself in their shoes made you respect them more than not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've seen a lot of my f- friends that have thrown conventions. At, just like yourself, I'm excited to see how you navigate those twists and turns and uh, what pitfalls you may fall into where somebody could have given you that advice. But sometimes we can be given the perfect advice and you'll grow more from that experience rather than somebody handing you an answer. Yeah, but people also people don't want to share, which I think is shitty. Like I've reached out to some Why people that Why do you think that is? Why do you think people don't want to share? Because they want to help. keep it for themselves. As if there isn't enough to go around. As right. if if somebody else has it, I can't have it. Exactly. If they've got it, then there's not enough for me, which right. is a fear. A, a fear and a misunderstanding. And there's a great Buddhist, uh, not mantra, but saying that is, one candle can light the flame of another and does not put out its own candle. So happiness can be shared, success can be shared, all of these things, there's plenty to go around. And it's almost like the competition says, if they're the best, then I can't be. But how is there a best? It can go that around. That is so great. I love that. I love that, the candle flame. Yes. Yeah, um, because everybody needs a little help. Yeah. Somebody's flame might be out and just sharing that you can do it as simple as just that statement i know for me in my life that meant a lot to me when i needed help the the biggest little thing somebody could do for me is just to encourage yeah say you can do it too help that lighter that can't light but if you stick a lighter to another lighter the flame will ignite yeah and that's it everybody just kind of needs that little bit of push we can help each other yeah and grow yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong any listeners out there Nelson Mandela if it wasn't Nelson please correct me Nelson Mandela said it wasn't what you said or anything it was people will remember you for how you made them feel you know and if and sometimes we hold on to that as far as like that person made me feel bad and sometimes we don't let go of those things or forgive that or understand but uh, if you pick somebody up when they needed it the most, I feel like they will never forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. If they don't lose their mind, you know, and get, yeah. and get carried away with greed and stuff. If you keep level-headed, you'll always remember who picked you up when you need it the most. I know I do. And maybe you can think of a handful of people in your life that were there mm-hmm. when you needed them. And that's the point of this podcast, to help people understand that just because you think you can't, you can and if you think you can't, you're right. If you think you can, you are right. So what you believe is ultimately what matters. True. Um, so what's something you want to say when you look back at the end? And what's something you'd like to say about yourself when it's all said and done? Oh, that's tough. I've never thought about that. It doesn't have um, to be the craziest thing. Just what's something that might come to mind right now that... Uh, I don't want to be like, I wish I would have. Hmm. Why? Regret. Regret ain't worth it. Yeah. Just do it. Mm. If you wish you would have done it, try and do it. 
That's awesome. I realize there's some things that you that you can't do, but you know, there's a, a lot of things we can do. I, when Austin turned 13, I was like, what do you want for your birthday? And he's like, I don't really want anything. He's just at this weird age where it's like, I don't know. So I- That's amazing just to be a kid and not want something. Well, I That's just- amazing. So at that point I thought, what can I give to him that's going to affect his life for the better permanently? So I decided I want to take Austin to Japan. So I'm so much more of an experience than a toy than or video any game toy, would right? Give. Oh my goodness. But and if you haven't been out of the country, you may not understand. How can you I can't afford that, right? So I contacted a travel agency and over the last, you know, six months or more I've been paying 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 and now finally I have our trip paid off and Austin and I are going to go to Japan by ourselves in March I cannot wait I will wait and you're the first person I've told this to amazing nobody knows this amazing because <laughs> I don't um, want to brag about you said it March March you know I don't amazing. want people to, to be like oh she's taking your kid to Japan or well, build like, it up and things happen things change sure you know sure um, absolutely yeah, you're not bragging about it, which yeah. is amazing. I think that speaks a lot about character. I can't, I'm excited to have a conversation with both of you afterward and see what that experience brought to you, what you learned from that, what type of bonding came from that. And because, oh, there's going to be so much, so many new experiences just to be had on that trip, mm -hmm. which is amazing because I can speak for myself. I learned so much going to another country, another culture, and getting outside of my fish tank, out of my box that was normal, yeah. and seeing, uh, seeing like, oh, what's normal for me may be not normal for another person, and that is eye-opening. Yeah. I can't, I'm so excited to have that conversation when y'all return. But as far as, you know, not, re not doing things or regretting not doing things like that, I might not have thought we could afford to go do that, but I was like, I'm gonna make this happen. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to keep paying this off until we can figure it out. And that's a lot of money. And I could do all these other things with that money. But Put the money aside. Yeah. And now that it's gone and it's paid for and I know we're going, I don't miss that money. I'm so excited to hear your viewpoint when you return how the experience was so far more worth the money right. that was invested. I, I'm excited yes. to have that. Or like the thing that I could hold that cost that much money instead of the, the tangible experience. versus intangible. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be can really hold great. Versus what you can't, things you can't hold our experiences, our friendship, etc. Mm -hmm. So, uh, thank you so much for being so open and transparent and clear because you really were, and I've gained a lot from this. I hope the listeners have too. So what we'll end end on is a speed round. Don't think too hard. Okay. Just think what comes to mind. Okay. You know, it can be simple. It can be complex. However you feel. This okay. is meant to just be a speed round. Cool. That sounds fun. Um, so <laughs> who are you? Who am I? I am... Your name or who are you as a person? I am a crazy little firecracker, that, but I also want to be super organized and I'm not. Awesome. <laughs> and these are things we can work on. Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What do you want in life? Um, happiness and health. 
I love how money wasn't the answer. <laughs> love it. What do you feel right now is your purpose? Um, to make a good human out of my child and be a good example. Mm. What do you hope to give back? Um, encouragement and support to people who might need it. Amazing. Thank you so much for being my first guest on this. I'm so happy it was you because what a, uh, I feel like that was a Hail Mary into the end zone. That was not some fumble. That was awesome. I'm, I'm amped off of this conversation. I love it. I hope any of the listeners can uh, at least grow from it as well or hear something they didn't think before, something to ponder on, something to think about and ultimately something that may guide them toward what they are seeking in their own life because we're all different and what works for somebody might work differently for another and not to judge each other's path because we don't know where we come from and what may seem easy to one person may not have been so easy and the grass may not be so green on the other side. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners or where can you be found social media wise? Uh, let people know where they can find you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Also, if anyone has any advice for me, I would love to hear it. So please reach out and uh, dump that on me. And you Where can, can they find you to you reach out? You can find me on, you know, my email is sam.depictiontattoo at gmail.com. But if you want to get on social media, it's sammy underscore Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E. That's all. And, uh, and or depictiontattoo.com. Yeah. And uh, her convention's coming up. Next year, the That's Tattoo be Collectors amazing. Expo in March, March 27th through 29th at the Arlington Convention Center. If you're in the area, check that out. Sam, thank you yeah. so much for thank being you, a part of this. Thank this was awesome. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, Beast, what up? <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Own Path Podcast.